Hi, this is Eli Nelson, and this is the My City Church Podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. It is our prayer that this message will awaken you to come alive in the things of Christ. Enjoy the message. as we are delivering the truth of God in a different format. And we're going to be reading our Bibles today out of Matthew chapter 9. If you have your Bible, I want you to open it up to Matthew chapter 9. We're going to continue in our series, This Is We. I had some Tic Tacs in my pocket. I had to take them out. I got the oil too. This is just a little vial of oil. The Bible talks about oil in the Bible as the anointing of God. It says, uh, you know, it's not a bad idea as a believer in Christ if you're going to pray for someone that has some oil with you. Uh, so that's going to stay in my pocket. Uh, so Matthew chapter 9, we're going to continue in our series, This Is We. This is our third week in the collection of talks. This is our core value series. So if you're new to the church or maybe you've been coming for just a few weeks, you have picked the perfect time to come to My City Church because we are on week three of our core value series. Week one, we talked about Jesus is our daily pursuit. Week number two, we said that we honor all around. A phenomenal message. I encourage you to check it out on the podcast. And I got a treat for you today. As we share our third core value, we're going to be reading out of Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. It says, Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom of God. Can I tell you, there's good news for you today. There's good news for this church. There's good news for this city. There's good news for this world. Jesus was on a mission to declare announce this good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. When did he have compassion on them? When he saw. When he saw, that means he looked. When you look, not only will you find Christ when you search for him with all your heart, but when you look, you will see a people that are far from him. And when you see a people that are far from him, when you've encountered him, you have compassion for those that are far from him. Because you would be there if it wasn't for Jesus. It says he had compassion because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his field. I'm excited to be able to share with you on my favorite core value. I'll say that for every single one because every single one of my favorite. (laughs) My favorite core value. We continually chase the one here at My City Church. We continually chase the one. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word that is in this place. God, we thank you that it does not return void, but it accomplishes the purpose for which you sent it. So right now, I pray for our church. God, I pray that you would help me get out of the way. Just merely be a vessel to share your truth of your scripture. Holy Spirit, right now we call to you that you would reveal the truth of God. And we're hungry for you, Lord. Church, if you're hungry for the word of God, would you open up your hands and say these words after me. Say, Lord, speak to me. I'm listening. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's put our hands together for the word of God today. Amen. As you're seating, as you're seated, say, I'm on a mission. I'm on a mission. I'm on a mission because Jesus is on a mission. As Christians, we're called to be like Jesus. Let me show of hands how many of you believe that we're called to be like Jesus. We are called to be like Jesus. Jesus lived on a mission. He saw the crowds, and he had compassion on them. We are also called to be like Jesus. He said, "Send, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send more workers into the harvest field. I got news for you, you my friend. That's you. 
You're the worker that God wants to send into the harvest field. Say, that's me. Now look up into heaven and say, that's me. That's you. That's me. That's every single one of us. We are called to be workers. Say, I am his worker. I am his worker. What is your mission? Is your mission the same as God's mission? Is your mission the same as Jesus? Because Jesus came to reunite a broken people, a people that were far from God, to be close to God. That without Jesus, there's no way for us to be able to have access to God the Father again because our sin had separated us from God. So Jesus came to restore a people to God. That's the good news. The good news is that there's peace for you today. The good news is that you have access to God the Father today through Jesus Christ. He came to give people peace. The Bible says that he looked at Jerusalem. He said, Jerusalem, you've been searching for all these things. If only you knew what really brought you peace. And I can't help but say that Jerusalem is a lot like this modern-day world, that they're searching for God and fulfillment in all the wrong places, searching for love in all the wrong places. And Jesus is looking at the world and saying, if only you knew what really brought you peace. And if you haven't fully encountered Jesus, I say, if only you knew what really brings you peace peace. It's not the job race. It's not finding the right person. It's not having the right promotion. It's not having the right influence. It's about knowing someone, and that is Jesus Christ. That is what ultimately and truly brings you peace. There's a cosmic void in every single one of our hearts that can only be filled by him because we were created by God for God. It was by God for God. So in order for us to find fulfillment, we actually have to see what we were created for. And that is by God, for God. So God has a heart towards people, every single person, to be restored into this heavenly family, this heavenly community. And he doesn't want a single person to, to, be, to be excommunicated from that, a single person to be excluded from that. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Jesus is the door. Yes, repentance is the key. To be able to come to him with repentance, that means turning away from the old. Jesus is not your snuggie. He is also your Lord. It's turning from the things that break his heart and making him Lord of your life. It's a simple turning. It's not about perfection, but it's saying, God, I acknowledge this is wrong, and I choose to follow you. That's what it means to repent. It says not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. If you have a question if God wants to save your friend, here's your answer right here. Anyone saying, well, they must just not be set to go to heaven, you know, level of predestination. They must just be predestined to hell. No, God doesn't want anyone to perish, but everyone to come to eternal life. God wants to save your boss. God wants to save your children. Amen. I love that testimony that Genesis has. He calls up her mom. She said, I already know what you're going to tell me. See, I've been praying for you for six years. I bet it was longer than that. See, some of you are here because someone prayed for you. Some of you are here because someone talked to you about God. Some of you are here because someone invited you to church. Some of you are here because someone had the, the, the guts to be able to go up to you in public, not even knowing you, and be able to talk to you about Jesus. Some of you are here because someone else was obedient to sharing the good news, to live on mission with Christ. 
So if the Lord desires that all be saved and come to repentance, why doesn't it happen? Well, I can tell you, one, we actually do have a free will to choose or reject him and his message. You have the choice every single day to choose Christ, choose life, or to choose death. You have the choice. Everyone has the choice. But why doesn't it happen? Why, don't pe- why aren't people reunited with Christ? Well, I'll tell you, number two, Jesus has commissioned us to share this good news. See, we're all on a mission with Christ. That's why it's called the Great Commission, because Jesus is still on mission. Don't be mistaken. Jesus is still working. You never stop working. I don't know how that song goes. You never stop, never stop. I don't know. Jesus is still on a mission. We are called to partner with him in that mission and restoring humanity back to Christ. It's the good news of the kingdom of God. The good news that at one point we were all without Christ dead in our transgressions. Do you know what the good news is that you're actually called to share? Because we would say, preach the good news. But what does that mean? Well, if we don't know what it means, we can't really do it. Right? Because we can just say, but here's the good news. The Bible has it labeled in Ephesians chapter 2. Thank you, thank you God, for, for the scripture that we are, uh, we are able to dive in on a regular basis. Can I tell you it's important to read your Bible? You can read the truth of God. You can listen to podcasts. All that stuff is good. You can listen to song. All that stuff is good. But there's nothing quite like reading the word of God and letting the Holy Spirit minister to you in the moment. I'm excited to be able to share a lot of scripture with you today. But especially want to encourage you to read the word of God. You want to hear the voice of God? Read what he's already said. Every single thing that God speaks to you will line up with his word. He won't share anything outside of his word. So why don't we get into the word and watch how the Holy Spirit confirms what we actually now know to be true because we dove into the word. A lot of Christians are living their lives malnourished because they're not getting their daily bread. So I want to encourage you to get into the word of God. Ephesians chapter 2, this is the good news that once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anchor, just like everyone else. But God, say, but God, God. who is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much, thank you, Jesus, that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead, that even though we were dead, tell you what, you have no room for pride in your life because you were dead without him. You were dead without him. So doesn't that give you room for everyone that hasn't encountered him yet? If it wasn't for Jesus, I would be dead. I would be dead because of my sins. He gave us life. When did he give us life? When he rose from, it wasn't when he died on the cross. I love the fact that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And that is true. But we don't celebrate a crucifixion. We celebrate a resurrection. Because he died on the cross for our sins, yes. And I don't want to take away from the power of the cross. But without a resurrection, there's no power in the cross. So actually, Easter is focused on the resurrection, not the crucifixion. So we are actually celebrating the fact that there is an empty grave. Because if Christ overcame the grave, he has also given us the power to overcome the grave as well. We have a hope to look forward to that death is not the end. Come on, put your hands together for that truth this morning. 
So in parentheses, I don't want to miss this part. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by his grace when you believed. It wasn't about you getting your act together and getting everything figured out. It was when you chose to believe. Chose to believe. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. That's the good news. Come on, how many of y'all thankful for the good news in this place this morning? Thankful for the good news. Well, the writer of Ephesians continues in chapter 2, verse 17. It says, he brought this good news of peace to you, Gentiles, who were where? Far away from him. Where were you again? Far away. Don't ever forget how far away you've been. The closer you get to God, the more aware of his grace we all should become. The more aware of his, his, his spirit in our lives and his working in our lives, the closer we get to God because we were far away. Remember that. We were far away from him. And the peace to the Jews who were near. Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. So now we're all God's people. We choose to follow him. That's the good news of the kingdom of God. And it has been declared in this house right now. Now here's what we do with that. If you choose to accept that good news, you also accept the mission with that good news. And that mission is to be an ambassador of the kingdom of God to distribute this good news. As representatives of this ministry of reconciliation between God and man, his peace, his goodness, his salvation, we have not only received, yes, but we are commanded to distribute. That is the great commission that free people free people. That the moment that you're set free by the power of the Holy Spirit, you are compelled to distribute that freedom to other people. Can I tell you, there are people living in what God has set you free from. One of my greatest revelations in my life was when I was suffering from depression to the point of suicide. The Holy Spirit broke that off in a moment uh, of my pursuit after him. God completely broke that off, and I was free, and I felt lighter, like I could fly. I felt so light. I felt like the biggest hug I've ever gotten in the world I got at that moment, and I felt free, and I knew I was free. But the revelation happened when I encountered people that were caught in what God delivered me from. Can I tell you that there are people still going through what you have been delivered from. So if you have the freedom of Christ, you are called to also distribute that freedom through the preaching of the good news. That's that you don't have to be the same anymore. You don't have to be dead in your transgressions. And I'm preaching to some people right here that you feel dead in your transgressions. And I would tell you that it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Quit making agreements with the devil that you will always be like this, that you will never actually be free. Quit settling for second best of what God has for you. God has freedom for your life. He has restoration for your marriage and your relationships. That's the will of God for your life. I believe that God is willing to work in your life. Quit agreeing with the lies of the devil. That's why it's important that you get in the word. You can hear the truth of scripture and you can partner with God. And I want to share with you just a few examples of people that lived on 
mission. This is our mission. Our mission is to help open up the blind eyes. I'm not talking about just physically, although that could be a part of the ministry of the church, but I'm especially talking about spiritually, that those that are dead become alive. I'm not talking about physically dead. I'm talking about they're alive, but they're dead men walking because they're spiritually dead. And there's a life that we encounter when we encounter the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it feels like the power of the Holy Spirit. can't really describe it. It's different to a lot of different people. But that's our mission. That's what we're called to do. So it's to help open up the eyes of those that are spiritually blind. It's helped to awaken those that are sleeping, that they know about God, but they don't really know God. The mission statement of My City Church is to awaken our city to come alive in Christ. We exist to awaken our city because I've seen a lot of churches. I've seen a lot of people. They know a lot about God, but they don't really know God. And I believe that there is an encounter that happens where a person goes from sleeping to being awake. Let me ask you, when do you realize that you fell asleep? It's the moment that you wake up. And there's a lot of people that are sleeping, and they don't really know that they're sleeping. But I believe that through an encounter with the Holy Spirit, we can have a bunch of alive Christians in and throughout this city shining a light on the darkness in Jesus' name. How do you believe that today? So it's, it's to open up their eyes, help them turn from their wicked ways, which the Bible just talks about turn from darkness. Look at that. It's turning from darkness to light. It's acknowledging that Jesus is truth, and I'm choosing to follow him so that they can receive and then be given a place with God's people. It's not necessarily a fancy preaching of the word, but it's a demonstration of the Spirit's power. It's what God has done in your life. Can I tell you that each and every single one of you have a story? Who knows? Maybe one day you'll have it up there as my story. But regardless if it's up there for my story or not, doesn't mean that you don't have something to share. Because you have someone that needs to hear what God has done in your life. The fact that you are here means God is working. And if God is working, it is our mission to share it. Amen? Do you believe that today? So you have a story. Say, I have a story. I have a story. You have a story. Well, my story is not like his. He was, he was like on drugs and stuff. And, you know, I never really went through anything like that. Do you have a story? Well, I never, I, I never really suffered from abuse. I had a great childhood. I had great, I was raised up in church, but I, I don't really have a story. The Bible says this, he who has been forgiven much loves much. And I don't really have much to be forgiven because I wasn't really that bad. Hold on a second. Okay, so this is, how, this is how the Bible talks. When you realize the gravity of your sin, you realize how much you have been forgiven. So in the world standards, it has nothing to do with what you've done. Well, this sin is so much worse than that sin. No, no, no. We were all in sin to the point that it separated us from God. And when you realize how far away you were from God, that you decide, hey, wow, God has brought me near. I have been forgiven so much. Now I can love much. So free people, free people. When you've encountered God and you've encountered the Holy Spirit, you realize that there are other people that have yet to receive the power of God in their lives, and you are sent on a mission. Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord was upon him to proclaim the good news to the poor, freedom to the captive, healing to the blind. It was a set, he knew that he was on a mission to proclaim that good news. You also are commanded to distribute that 
good news, and that's through the power of your testimony. And I want to be able to share a story in the Bible from a man by the name of Philip. Philip was one of the, he was one of the, the seven that were chosen to wait on tables, the Bible describes. Basically, his role in the church, he volunteered. He was a part of the city changer team at my city church. He volunteered, and he said, you know what? Hey, we need some people to hand out some cake at my city church's sixth birthday. You got me right there, pastor. I'll do it. The Bible says that he was set to wait on tables with seven other, or six other disciples, and and because the disciples didn't want to forsake the, the praying and the ministry of the word. And they said, let's find some people to be able to wait on some tables. And he volunteered. Like, after, after all the people selected them, they're like, hey, this, this guy Philip would be a great guy. He's known as Philip the Evangelist. Not to be confused with Philip the Apostle, Philip the Evangelist actually has a very powerful uh, testimony. Philip the Evangelist was used to bring revival to Samaria, possibly even Ethiopia, we believe, and also Caesarea. Philip the Evangelist had four daughters who prophesied. We read about that in Acts chapter 21. So the spirit of the Lord was upon his daughters to prophesy. So people that are going around like uh, a, a woman can't preach, a woman can't teach. Tell me, what does it mean to prophesy if you're not teaching? Right? Like you got to be able to read the scripture in its entirety and hear, read about context. Well, what about Timothy and all that? I'm not going to get into all that. But read the scripture in context and know exactly what Paul's talking about before you start throwing labels on people. Amen. All right, so Philip, Philip has a, an encounter with the Holy Spirit where, where he chose to chase the one. He chose to chase the one. Can I tell you that you choose to chase the people God has placed in your life? We read it in Acts chapter 8, verse 26. Let's pull it up. It says, as for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. Persecute, persecution just hit the church, and the Holy Spirit led him. Can I tell you, not every bad situation can, is always a bad situation. The church is being persecuted, and God uses it to bring revival throughout the entire world. It says, go south down the desert road. What is that? His spirit was alert to what the Holy Spirit was doing. Are you in partnership with the Holy Spirit every opportunity that you get? When you're walking through Walmart? God, but it's Walmart. You need Jesus in Walmart. <laughs> Especially Sam's Club on a Saturday morning before the Husker game. Right? You need Jesus in, in, in these places, but especially not just, to, not just to cope, but maybe even to walk as a witness and a light to the world, right? Verse 27, it says, so he started out, and he met the treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under the Candace, the queen of Ethiopia. Her name was Candace. Candace. The eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship. He had gone to Jerusalem to worship, but if you know anything about the Old Testament, he wasn't actually able to worship because he wasn't allowed in the outer courts. Because he was, he, he was only allowed in the outer courts. He wasn't allowed to come near to God because he was a eunuch. And there was life circumstances that was keeping him from coming to God. But God said, you know what? Instead of saying that people need to be perfect to come to me, I'm going to be perfect and give my life over so that I can go to them and that they can receive me. Come on, that's the good news. So he wasn't able to get to God, but that's okay because God came to him. And God came to him through a person. God came to him through an obedient person. I can't help but think who's on the other side of your obedience. What kind of revival is on the other side of your conversations? Your willingness to listen? Your willingness to sit down? Your willingness to invite someone into the kingdom? Invite them to church? Talk to them about Jesus? I can't help but, but think and hope. What is on the other side of your obedience? Verse 28 said, and now 
he was returning from Jerusalem to Ethiopia, seated in his carriage, another translation says chariot. I like chariot a lot more. It's more of a manly word. I'm not thinking like a carriage, like a Cinderella carriage. I'm thinking like masculine, ten horses, chariot. Yeah. All my men go, yeah. (laughs) Seated in his chariot. He was reading aloud from the book of Isaiah. Now get this. Philip was obedient to the Holy Spirit to go south. See, God won't always give you the entire plan. God will give you steps. God won't show you how to bring that child who is lost to the world back home, but he'll give you a step, and he'll say, hey, I know you guys haven't talked. Invite them over for dinner. And here's the thing. You don't invite them over for dinner to tell them what they're doing wrong. You don't invite them over to dinner just to preach the truth. You invite them so that you can listen. Because when you listen, the Holy Spirit will reveal what they really need to hear. So you invite them to be able to hear. So verse 29 says, The Holy Spirit said to Philip, What did it say first? Go down the road. Now it says to him again. So after his obedience to the first step, God gives him the next step. It says, Go over and walk along beside the carriage. Oh, what do we decide that's called? A chariot. Say chariot. Oh, my men. Come on, say chariot. Chariot. There we go. (laughs) What did he find? Go and walk over. Wait, God, but I'm supposed to go south. But his spirit was alert. What did he do? He went out of his way in order to chase the one. So he didn't walk over. What did he do? Verse 30. says that he ran. He, Philip, ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. He wasn't about just preaching. He was about listening. Because when you listen, you hear what people really want to know. He says, do you understand what you are reading? He positioned himself to listen in order to ask the most appropriate question. Now, it's not normal to just run up to a chariot. It's not normal just to run up to a carriage. I mean, try this. As you're leaving the church parking lot, I want you to go up to a random car and knock on their window and tell them, hey, roll down the window. I got something to say to you. I mean, you go, hey. And some of y'all don't know what this means. You know, you're like, what's the pastor doing? He's like, is he trying to sing? Is that sign language? No. And you're wondering, like, it's not normal. Come on, this world's not full of Daniel Mack. Hey, cool car, what do you do for a living? That's not the case, but it is full of a bunch of people that are willing to chase the one. And so we see Philip go to the chariot. He listens, and he asks, do you understand what you are reading? Verse 31, the man replied, how can I, unless someone instructs me? How can I is a big question. And I can't help but believe that there is an entire world that is lost that is saying, how can I find salvation? The one thing that I'm looking for that I don't even know what I'm looking for, I am looking for purpose. I am looking for fulfillment. I am looking for my calling, my destiny. I'm not talking about a 401K or a dream job or a dream car or a dream house. I'm talking about peace within yourself that money cannot buy. That even if I'm going through my lowly places, I still have confidence in my soul, joy of the Holy Spirit. It's the one thing this world needs that the world can't provide, and that is Jesus Christ, forgiveness of sins and salvation. He says, how can I? Tell you what, if you looked at someone in a moment and said, wow, this person is looking for God, 
I think we'd be more obedient to know that God has gone before you in preparing a person's heart to receive the word that he wants to distribute through you. God has gone before you and has prepared a person's heart to receive the word of God that he is going to distribute through you. Do you believe that God wants them to be saved more than you do? I think we'd be a little bit more bold in our conversations. God visits people in their dreams. God shows up and gives them signs. What he's looking for a person to do is to plant or water so that he can make it grow. That's why it's important that we are in line with the Holy Spirit. Come on, that is good. Put your hands together for the word of God this morning. He said, how can I unless someone instructs me? And he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. Philip didn't force himself up there. He was invited. He was invited for the advice. Unsolicited advice is, is rarely, seldom received. But when people ask questions, and you give room for people to ask questions, so what do you think I should do? They're more likely to receive the truth that you have, but they can't ask questions if you don't listen. If you don't listen. He says, how can I? How can I unless someone tells me? How can they know? How can the world know unless there's a preacher? How can the world know unless there's a teacher? How can the world know unless there's a friend? Someone to share the good news. Say, I am. That person. Do you think an angel's just going to show up to your friends? He might. You pray hard enough. But just like it was in Genesis' story, it was a friend in a sorority that was the answer to her mother's prayer. What if you're the answer to a mother's prayer? What if you're the answer to a grandparent's prayer? What if you're the answer to a parent's prayer? A friend's prayer? A child's prayer? What if your answer to God's prayer himself, that the people would be one with him as him and the Father are one? So your obedience to the Father, your obedience to the Holy Spirit and chasing the one could very well be an answer that Jesus prayed. And I want to encourage you to be a person that continually chases the one. So this is the passage he was reading. It has been reading like this, verse 32. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb is silent before the shears, he did not open his mouth. He was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, another question. Tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? This dude is hungry for God. He is seeking God. So beginning with this same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. That had to take some time. Tell you what, it's not necessarily just about getting the good news out in a format that is that is A to Z, X, Y, Z, whatever. It's, it's, it's like, say this prayer, do this, now on to the next person. I believe there's a place and a time for that. But for the most part, the good news comes with time. To sit with someone and to talk with someone and to hear them. And to take the time to explain to them the questions. Well, brother, you just need to receive. Here's the best advice I could give you. When you're up against something that you don't know, say, bro, I don't know. We can find out together. Because I'm walking with you. No matter how perfect you are, there's room for your humanity. Can I tell you there's room for your humanity here at this church? You don't have to be perfect. I don't care what you did last night. You're here. Good for you. Seriously. You did a great job today. You got up. You came to church. Keep coming to church. Don't let shame keep you out of the house of God. Don't let shame keep you from worshiping God. 
Don't let shame keep you from receiving. Well, pastor, you don't know who I am. No, I don't, but God knows who you are. And if you choose to turn to him, he still accepts you anyways. So don't let it keep you. Who you were yesterday, keep on moving towards Christ. Step by step. Step by step. All right, so he took the time. Verse 36, as they rose along, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, look, there's some water. Why can't I be baptized? We're doing baptisms today after second service. Who's getting baptized in here? Let me see your hands. Come on. Come on. Amen, amen, amen. It's fantastic. Some 20-plus people are getting baptized in this house after this service. He says, why can't I be baptized? He says, you can. This is verse 37. Some get rid of this because they don't believe that. They said it was the early church that added it, not, not uh, Luke who wrote the book of Acts. But if the early church believed this, I believe we should also. It says, you can, Philip answered, if you believe with all your heart. And the eunuch replied, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. For some of you, you haven't been baptized. Maybe you were baptized long ago and it wasn't even your choice. Someone sprinkled some water on you. The word baptism is, baptismo is, 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 is full immersion. It's not, it's like, you, you can't really wash away everything by a drop. No, it's actually, the Bible says the old is gone when you're under the water. That water cleanses you, washes away the spiritual dirt, not the physical dirt, but the cleansing of a good conscience towards God. That's saying, now it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives me. And guess, in this, you choose to die to yourself. I say this, Eli died a long time ago. Now it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And when you choose to die to yourself, the Holy Spirit has permission to live through you. So you come up, the old is gone, the new has come. No longer I who lives, I died in that water along with my sins. I was bought with a price. Now I honor Christ with my body. You know what that means? Now the Holy Spirit has permission to work through you. Same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Same spirit that went into all the world. Same spirit that set free the captive. Same spirit that is here to proclaim the good news of the Lord, the year of the Lord's favor, lives in you. So you come up. And I believe for a lot of you, all of you today, I'm believing for the Holy Spirit. My wife and I are going to be baptized and believe the Holy Spirit will fall on you and strengthen and power in Jesus' name. Verse 38, he ordered the carriage to stop. Chariot, my bad. And they went down into the water and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch never saw him again, but went on his way rejoicing. It's an interesting phrase right there that the eunuch never saw him again, but I bet you he remembered him. There may be people in your life that won't be in your life for your entire life. But I can tell you, you have been entrusted to steward that relationship, to impact it in a kingdom way. And you may only have a moment with them, but may it be a moment that they remember for their entire lives. Even if they never see you again, they will remember, that is the moment when I decided to follow Jesus because a man decided to go down a road south and then come up along my chariot to listen to me, hear the questions, answer them, lead me to Christ, baptize me. I don't even know where that dude went, but I know the impact that he made. The Bible says, many, not the Bible say, but many Christian scholars believe that revival came to Ethiopia because of that eunuch that was saved by Philip. This is who we are as My City Church. We continually chase the one. This is who we are. 
It says our eyes are open, our head is on a swivel, and our spirit is alert to those around us. We continually ask ourselves, who is close to me but far from God? Not just close in relationship, but close in proximity. Continually asking yourself, who is close to me but far from God? We go out of our way to chase the one. That's who we are. That's who we are. So let's stand to our feet this morning. As my city church, we continually chase the one. Who's your one? Who's the one in your life? Because even as I'm speaking right now, there may be a family member, maybe a close friend, maybe even a, a worker that works for a different company that just came to your mind. Well, you played golf with them one time, and they shot better than you. And you're thinking, if I could just be as good as them. No, 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 no. Maybe it's a moment in time for their life to be turned around. So I said I was going to share Paul and Philip. Now I want to share one more story of a man by the name of Peter. See, because you have people in your life that are in great positions like kings, people that are in servant positions like you, and they're just going through life. But then you also have those, as the world would say, are less than you. Beggars, orphans, the rejections, the rejected of the world. And we see in Acts chapter 3 another story of a man living on a mission. It says one Peter, or, or, or one day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer. At 3 in the afternoon. They did this every day, three times a day. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put there every day. I can't help but see the correlation as a person going through the motions. Every single day they were laid at the gate of the temple. The Bible says at a moment, one person chose to chase the one. And what was their every day actually became their one day. And they were able to look back and say, that one day changed my life. When you choose to chase the one, I can tell you, you can turn everyone's everyday mundane into a one-day moment where they encounter Christ through an obedient follower of Christ. He was placed there every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. What is that? Our eyes are open, our head is on a swivel, and our spirit is alert. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave him them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. Not just the power of the Holy Spirit, which is true to heal him, but I believe at that moment he encountered Jesus Christ. He says, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. Instantly, the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple course, walking and jumping and praising God. Another passage later, it says that he was leaning on them because he had weak legs, because he hadn't walked his whole life. I tell you what, for every single person, there has to be room for us to help people up and for people to lean on us, that we don't expect them to have it all figured out, but there's room for people 
in their journey. There's room for them. They don't got to be perfect. Can I tell you here at My City Church, there's room for your humanity. You don't have to be perfect. I don't care what you did last night. You're in church today. And I know his mercies are new every morning. Don't be a person that hardens their heart and said, I don't need to get any of this figured out. Or even neglects the possibility of having to repent. You have to be able to repent and turn again towards Christ. But his grace is sufficient for you. So keep coming back to church. Don't let shame keep you out of the house of God. Don't let shame keep you from lifting your hands in worship. Don't let shame silence your voice. The devil would love nothing more than for you to not worship because you know who you are. God knows who you are too. And because of the power of the blood of Jesus that has cleansed you from your sin and unrighteousness, he chooses and desires to meet with you still. So don't let shame hold you back. You throw that thing under your foot along with, with Jesus. You guys can both stomp on it together. And if he threw your sin as far as the east is from the west, why do you keep bringing it back? Now I understand our proclivity to go back into what we were and what, who we used to be. But his mercies are new every morning, so don't live in it. Giving room for people on their journey, there is room for you. And there is room for every single person in this house and who is yet to be a part of this God-amazing church. We thank you, Lord. Lastly, I want to share with you last verse, John chapter 4, verse 35. He says, don't you have a saying, it's still four months until harvest. I tell you, open your eyes. Look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. So let me pray for you today. Heavenly Father, I pray right now that there will be an impartation of the Holy Spirit for us to open our eyes and see every single relationship that you've brought into our lives. God, that we would not take them for granted. God, but we would use them for the purpose that we are placed in their lives for a reason. Heavenly Father, help us to not pass them up. Every single fellow employee, every single family member, every single opportunity we have to share the grace and the light of Jesus Christ. God, I pray that we'd be people that we seize those opportunities. Thank you, Lord, that we see them and we seize them. In Jesus' mighty name, God, I pray that you'd open our eyes, that we would see that the harvest is here right now, God. So as your word says to pray that the Lord would send more workers into the harvest field, God, I pray that you would help us to send workers into the harvest field. Lord, we thank you and we love you in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said, amen, amen, amen. I hope this word blessed you today. I'm excited to share next week as well as we continue into our series. I want to take a moment right now as a church, before we dismiss today, I want to give an opportunity to not miss any opportunity. But if you're in this place right now and you're saying, Pastor Eli, I am far from God. It's this simple. You're a prayer away from coming home. So with every head bowed today, I want to speak to a person right now that they are far from God and they know it in their heart. And I don't have to talk to them about every little thing that they've done or they're going through because they know in their hearts that they're far from God. And I want to be able to pray a prayer. And so in just a moment, I'm going to ask that you lift up your hand because I want to know who I am praying with and praying for today. So if you're saying, Pastor Eli, that's me. I don't know who Jesus is. I've never given my life over to him. And, or maybe I, I gave my life a long time ago and, and I'm, I'm back in church and, 
and, and today's my day to give my life back over to him. There's nothing wrong with that. I want to give you that opportunity. So if you're saying, Pastor Eli, that's me. I want, to lift, I want you to lift up your hand on the count of three. Saying, Pastor Eli, I want to come home to Christ because I want to lead you in a prayer today. Lift up your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. Shoot up your hand. Shoot up your hand. I see your hand. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If this message encouraged you, help us get the word out. Consider sharing it with a friend, rating, or subscribing. If you want to know more about our church, check out our website at mycitychurch.cc or our Instagram at mycitycentral. We look forward to sharing another encouraging word with you next week. God bless.